Yeah. You could be doing the you could be doing the Wayne's World, the camera one, camera two, camera one. <laughs> um so yeah, we haven't recorded this year or in your house. Yeah. This is the new pad. This is true. This, this is uh this is the new the embassy as we jokingly refer to it as. Uh welcome back to Dan Dan Critics Are Down. We are here for season four, baby. Woo! Yes, Woo. sir. My name is Morgan Roberts, as and my always. Name is, my name is uh, Dominic Fitzgerald. And uh, we haven't watched a James Bond movie in about three months. Well, I haven't. You probably have. Yeah, I did. I did. I watched, uh, I, watched I rewatched No Time, uh, I don't know, last month at some point. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, look, it's, it's a whole, it's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new light. And, uh. We're back to we're back to doing our normal down down critics are down thing. We find some bargain bin joints. We celebrate certain arbitrary holidays like this one, Christmas in February. Christmas in February, <laughs> back again for this year. And uh, we 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 couldn't decide on a on a Christmas in February film immediately. It took a little bit of back and forth and some idea, which is on. kind of yeah, which is kind of good because it means we've got a couple. Sort of on the short list for next time, so we don't have to sort of dick around and worry about what it's going to be next time. We've got a bit yeah. of a short list. Yeah. Um, and then you messaged me suddenly, going, "Bro, can I just check if film? Yeah, if if the X. film that you know, you know what we're doing because you've <laughs> seen mean, the you've, title. You've read the title. What you think? Well, I mean, I I looked up <laughs> in the sky, and I saw a signal, <laughs> as one might. <laughs> as one might often ah, do. Yes. If we're aware that it is currently Christmas in February at time of recording, but uh, moments from now <laughs> slash the fourth of March. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> we got flooded. Yeah. All right. There have been some things that happened. The spirit. I still feel the spirit <laughs> of Christmas in February. Um, yeah. <laughs> the whole point of Christmas in February is, is that like we decided December was an ar- too much of an arbitrary time for Christmas. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know what it is. by that same logic, hell, February can be an arbitrary time for Christmas. But it's like how New Year still feels like Christmas. Like it's yeah. still that one big block of like blah. What day is it? Yeah. Well, I'd still um, imagine that it's like you know, uh, just because we celebrate New Year's in December, and then every time in like what is it, late January, early February, we turn up for the Lunar New Year. Yeah, it's wild. Chinese New Year, and there's a whole bunch of yeah. Everyone's just doing their own thing. There's all these different things. Uh, so, but you messaged me going, is this a, is this a Christmas movie? Can I, I, just, I, I have a feeling. I had a certain bat on the brain, not less because we just came off of finishing our Dark Knight run for the winter Nolstice, but as I'm sure every one of our listeners are aware, uh, the Batman is touching down in cinemas. Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne in Matt Reeves's <laughs> hot new take. Yeah, on the Batman. I, I do love though that that we just you know we pride ourselves on being this podcast that delves into the into the bargain bin. Yet here we are, jumping from one franchise to to finishing off our Christopher Nolan Batverse yeah. into another Batman film. It's yeah. like okay, here we go. What are we just? But I think just, we've just become another podcast on the internet. But so you about say movies. this, but the fact that we are covering, I think the Batman film that we are covering is. Is the cream of the bargain bin crop? Like, let's Correct. be real. Tim Burton slash Joel Schumacher's Batman series is what modern bargain bins are made of. Yeah, I I do agree. I do. It's agree. up there with our Terminator Twos, our Back to the Futures. You know, our our 
our bargain bin tent poles. Indiana Jones. Exactly. You yeah. will see a bat symbol and some silver text is my fond memory of seeing those. DVD. My DVD copies of this movie, or more accurately, the ones my mother purchased when I was six, <laughs> came from what? a bargain bin. <laughs> you were six. She purchased these when you I was. Six. These are some of the earliest DVDs I remember being in our in our shelf at home. Here's. Can I tell you how old I was when this came out? I was five or six when this mm. came out. That was around the time. Ninety yeah. was it? Ninety two. Ninety three. Ninety two. Ninety two. Yeah. Eighty seven, baby. So yeah, I was five. Um. Yeah. Okay. Wild. It's. It was. And like we said, uh, the, these DVDs, I, I specifically remember these DVDs, um, the fir- the Harry Potters that were out by that point. Yeah. Because I slowly remember every time I never, I never saw a Harry Potter movie in the theater. It was always just the DVD. We'd be in Big W and that DVD would be on the shelf and we'd be like, well, time to watch the new Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Uh, the Star <laughs> Wars, the the six... Six movies. I think we got the actually the first five because it would have been around the time um, episode three came Sith, out. Sith wasn't out. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, out but DVD. they all had that same the 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 sequel or the prequel trilogy had their like their little gold designs that all look the same, and you then know, the, the yeah. silver original you know, trilogy DVDs. Yeah, totally. You know what lives way too rent free in my brain? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is. Whenever I see anything that is like Star Wars collection, I go, damn, porn out for the motherfucker <laughs> that mm. bought any. <laughs> Here's mm. the set that's not going to get bigger than these three. Oh, fuck. Yep. Okay, six films. Oh, wait, nine films. Oh. Literally, like, I remember because my... The- <laughs> The, the the completionist inside me would would not I would like I would not have that on my shelf like no. I, I would it would bother me so much that I had yeah. you know gold this style of original trilogy and then this tr- well yeah. I don't I, I remember I no but, but I remember specifically that Blu-ray box set that came out in like 2012 early 2012 or late 2011 yeah that was like. The Star Wars box set. This is it. All six movies. <laughs> All six movies. Right before the Lucasfilm sale. <laughs> right before the Disney purchase. We just want to cash in on that. I wonder how. I wonder how much money that six film collection grossed. Like in. I need to. Like I want to know because yeah. because that's that's the thing. Anyway, yeah. here we are. Just well, being I, uh, on that last tangent, that I got We had a family friend. We had a family friend. Who Tiny literally film. bought Tiny that? Star Wars. Do you got We we had a family friend who bought that box set and said, "Oh yeah, I'm keeping this in wraps because it's going to be a collector's item one day." And I'm like, <laughs> I just want to know how that's if that's been affected. Like, what? I just want to know how they're going. Yeah, they like okay? I, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. We haven't. We haven't been on the regular conversation since you know the sequel trilogy. So I, yeah. I want to know. I mean, this is very bleak, and you know, if they like those can- cancel me for this. But you need to start a text message that that starts as a normal. I mean, yeah. checking checking in on them in these yeah. wild times. Like, yeah. hey, I'm just wondering how you guys are going, having yeah. bought that Star Wars six film yeah. collection. <laughs> it, they, you know, they're a young couple at the time. I think they were they were they were like, uh, are you okay? It's, like, it's just, what's yeah, that? late twenties. I know they've had a child since then, so I just want to know, like, hey, Ben. How you going? How's the electrician business going? Yeah. How's that Star Wars box set, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> you, you flipped that yet? You 
you flip a brick on that one yet? Or? Did you make fifty cents on that? Yeah. Did you, did you have to? Yeah, did you have cruel. to sell under retail? Under suggested uh, re- recommended I retail see. price. <laughs> Uh yeah, damn. He I I got, I gotta say he 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 made that he made the run to the cash converters in less than twelve parsecs. <laughs> twelve, fourteen. Uh, um, so, uh, so Batman. <laughs> actually, just on that, I know we okay. have to go. We have to do this again. Um, Harry's been smashing the Star Wars films, and so yep. he's watched them all. He watched Rogue One and Solo as well, mm. and so that was on the other day, and it sort of popped my head in, and I was like, man, yeah, I loved how they retconned that. Factual inaccuracy about uh, um, measurement of time versus distance. Yeah. <laughs> like that was great. Yeah, that was and just it like, was an entire plot point. Like yeah. not just a little thing. It was like, I don't know. This this is why this now makes sense. Like, yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, uh, shout out to Solo. But yeah. speaking of Solo, speaking of one hero, one hero one stands man, in the night. One desire. It's the only night. thing stopping the city of Gotham from descending into tyranny. Descending into madness, descending into uh, uh, <laughs> what I want to know is: is do is this actually this is actually a film about Batman saving Gotham City from Tim Burton? Like that's what this film is about, right? <laughs> it depends on which character Tim Burton sees himself. As. Yeah, <laughs> does he see himself as a weird, deformed child abuse survivor who was <laughs> canonically apparently? Raised by penguins. I look. I I can I can get raised by wolves. I can you can you can get me in on there. Yeah, I just don't understand. Like how how does he do anything? Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the 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 not, not the life cycle, but what is what does a penguin do during the day? The uh, movie doesn't make a case for that. The movie all we see penguins do in the movie is just become strapped up suicide bombers. Yeah, have you seen? Have you not seen the narrated by Morgan Freeman documentary? No, I've not seen March, March of, the, of the, penguins. the Penguins. Not seen March of the Penguins. <laughs> I think that's basically it. like if you watch that and just fill that in. That's the prequel film to Batman Returns. That's yeah. that's what fills in that gap. That's meanwhile this mm. is this is the thing. So mm. you know. A sequel to 1989's Batman, directed by Tim Burton. Yes. Um, Something that is now having having seen for the first time, right? I mentioned the DVD copies that always sat on my shelf, but I'd never, ever seen them. Mm. I was too busy watching Nolan Batman feeling like a cool kid because that's the Batman everyone at my school was talking about. Mm. Now having seen both Batman Returns, the film we're talking about, which was watched first, then going back to watch 89 Batman. And then very fortuitously, as I was eating lunch today, an hour before you texted me, I thought, I'm going to put on Batman forever and just see what happens. Mm. And you hadn't and, seen it? No, I hadn't. I hadn't seen. Uh, no, I think I'd seen bits and pieces of Batman and Robin just because of the, you know, uh, uh, the internet. Around. The internet loves to make fun of that movie and yeah, whatever. I might have caught half of it on like go, the same way that you flick on a James Bond film on Seven Mate. Seven Mate. Channel Nine be playing Batman movies sometimes, and I think I caught Schumacher movies. Parts of Batman vs Robin, but I I definitely hadn't seen any pieces of the other ones, nor had I seen any of them to completion. And now, it shocks me and stuns me that <laughs> Batman... To your core? To your core? No, you have to, to finish... My... You have to say it. 
split me right down to the core. <laughs> That, so you that, can't say that phrase. It's <laughs> you can't say that phrase without using the term core. It's like right. that Wheel of Fortune clip that made the rounds this week. Did you see that? No, I didn't. What happened on Wheel oh, of Fortune? Oh, that was great. So they couldn't cut they it was like uh what was the phrase? It was something like um a feather feather in your cap or something. Yeah, yeah. And like they had almost all the letters and they didn't they had never heard of that phrase and they couldn't get. <laughs> it was like Something like that. It was like that is, totally. Yeah, they clearly didn't have that feather in their cap. Yeah, clearly. Uh, no, I can't believe that the 1989 Batman movie invented the blockbuster as we know it and was so wildly successful because it is a Tim Burton film and is therefore just fucking deranged. Like it's <laughs> it's, it's so nuts. It's not. It's more part of the I would argue that when Tim Burton does anything, I mean, and this is not a new idea, but when Tim Burton does anything and adapts any kind of thing from some other space, it's more part of the Tim Burton verse. Yeah. It, the TCU. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like like Tim Burton, the fact that you you trust this artist in the literal sense, being someone who got their start in animation and, and, and art design and all that jazz, you know, that you trust them with, Batman and you make and just to be clear and not to sort of bury the lead here I like both Batman and Batman Returns and we'll we'll discuss that a little later but it was just like it's such a we every decision is like so like a committee it's the opposite of like a committee made blockbuster totally a hundred percent it's like uh, this is it mm. we're committing to this one hundred percent yeah and you and I haven't seen the new Batman yet I don't know. Did you go last night? No, dude. I <laughs> days, I couldn't get out of my suburb two days ago. Can't. Yeah. All right. No, it's, okay, you're right. I haven't seen it yet. But, but if I could, just, I would have been going yeah, to see Batman. Exactly. <laughs> Some people saw it on the Wednesday night, and I was like, "How? How to? What? Um, what? I don't know. But I, I think it's safe to assume that that movie, not to say it will be made by committee, but it's probably very committee safe. Same with sort of the the the. Chris Nolan movies, or at least the sensibilities are safer for a committee to sign off on. Yeah, like no one's making wild, dramatic changes to kind of argued canonical things. Not yeah. As an although, as an aside to that, or as part of that conversation, what I do find interesting about comic book characters in general, especially our main tent poles, you know, yeah. you've got people like Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. I guess to a lesser extent, some X-Men sort yeah. of things and like Iron Man and stuff. But yeah, you can, I, say, I, you can Man, say the Avengers now. Yeah, only now, but only really now. Like, But those, you know, I'm talking about, I'd say yeah. the big three is the two DC and, yep. um, and Spider-Man. And Spider-Man, uh, where you've got so much to call on and you can make a film that is in Spider-Man, that is a version of yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Referenced obviously in spoilers, but referenced obviously in most recent Spider-Man films, where you're even calling to that as an yeah. idea and arguing that that is part of the multiverse. And so, so this is kind of this weird. It is actually a very comic book thing to do yeah. to say, what if this kind of Batman and what if this kind of Superman and so on yeah. and so forth. And so you see that in comic books all the time, and that's why yeah. I think. I think in that flavor, that's where this film, well, that's where this film sits for me. But I also think yeah. this is where that film sits for so many people who love this film. Like they go, 
we love this because it's weird and strange yeah. and and odd and like that's okay and we just yeah. it's okay to have this thing you don't have to like not every fucking film needs to be connect here we are back to the thing not everything has to be a fucking canonical connected universe thing it can be based on an idea and talk about themes not be so verbatim and locked down yeah i agree and and at this point it's just like the the sensibility is what really uh, took me to a different place because it's so i don't even know how to describe it it is this perfect walking the tightrope of there are serious elements there are comedic elements there are exceptionally stylistic comic book elements uh it, it all just blends so well into the cosmic gumbo that is the the two films and specifically in the case of batman returns which we're talking about because it is a christmas movie it is a christmas movie and we can say that definitively now we were little we were a little standoffish when i first floated the idea went but isn't batman returns a christmas movie technically and you know you were a little bit like well we just did a batman we we've just come off doing nothing but james bond do we want to lock into a franchise do we want to franchise hunt again but i think if we just take it on the level of a christmas movie as we should for this episode it is this like it's like a it is a i'd I'd argue to say it's a perfect christmas movie because it explores the the sort of the two major themes that you you get with christmas movies Mm. Family, family be it found or well in this case found or in the case of no in the case of Penguin, Oswald Cobblepot, biological, um, and 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 sort of the the gift of giving and sharing, which I think is definitely not as strong in this movie as the option A. But I think there is this relationship between uh, both Bruce and Selena, and uh, the the plot with Bruce and <laughs> and Christopher Walken, who's, <laughs> who's, who's called Shrek. I just I, I couldn't get over that. So my wild. Isn't my that Zoom great? brain was like, they called that motherfucker Shrek. Like, what am I supposed to think? <laughs> it's great. It was it was so good. I gotta give credit to Christopher Walken for giving me my new favorite Twitter reply. If next time I see something I don't like on Twitter, I've specifically nabbed the clip from this movie of Christopher Walken at the window at the meeting in the opening, and he goes, Frankly, I cringe. <laughs> I've now got that I've now got that snippet to use at my will. So test me on Twitter and find out. <laughs> I'm trying to find out. You might get Let's a Christopher go. Walken. You might I'm get sure Shrek. The, I'm sure the two and a half people that listen to this podcast aren't uh aren't your enemies. <laughs> you never know. They'll they'll you they'll 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 see. They could have their Joker moments one day. So I I was sort of uh, roughly aware of what I was getting into when I watched this. Like I hadn't seen this in its entirety all the way. Um, yeah. side note, huge fan when mm. I was a kid. So mm. when this came out, there was a ride at movie world. <laughs> yep. And I went on that many times as a kid and I'm talking, you know, six or seven, right? Yep. And so Hollywood peak, on the Gold Coast, Hollywood on the Gold Coast. This is peak. This is peak. Um, I'd say that's kind of a, a moment of peak Batman in that <laughs> mid nineties. This is a side story. And I'm, I, I know I've told you this, you this beforehand, but I want to put this on the show. Yeah. When we linked up to go see the cricket in December 2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I drove from my family place. I visit my family fairly often on the far north coast of New South Wales. 
which is about uh, two hours from where Morgan lives, right? So I drove to visit Morgan. We went to see a cricket game. On that path is is movie world, right? Hollywood on the Gold Coast. (laughs) And when I was driving back that night, I left your place at like 12 p.m. midnight. At some point you cross a border and you you switch time zones, which suddenly makes it 1 a.m., which was the time zone I was sleeping on. Yeah. And at some point at like 2 a.m., I drove past Hollywood on the Gold Coast, movie world, at the black of night with like weird fog around. And then I just see this big neon oh, yeah. face of the oh, yeah. Joker. Yeah. On the top of the DC, I think it's called the Supervillains <laughs> Coaster, Supervillains. Big fuck off Joker yeah. face, yeah, coming through the fog <laughs> on an empty highway, and I'm like, am I hallucinating? What am I? <laughs> what is it? I I had yeah. to like do the second like, all right, I'm I'm aware of all my facilities, but that that freaked me out. But yeah, little do wild. I know, that's the style of these movies. That's the energy that they have. This, yeah, it's it's wild. It's it's odd. It's like. It's it's art, <laughs> Batman. I think I think it was uh, I was I was doing a bit of research on this, and I feel, um, like this is actually I've got to finish the I've got to finish the thing. So the mm. ride is based on like you go into Wayne Manor, and then you get shown the Batcave, and then yeah. and then you go in. It's one of those things where you're in a car that like moves around, yeah, not forward and backwards heaps, but it gives you feedback and kind of like a kind of like a Star Tours. I think so. Yes. Okay. And um. In fact, I think I think I read somewhere that when they lost like a ride, a Batman ride somewhere in the world got converted into that mm-hmm. when they lost the rights. Like that's but that's the, the actual yeah, I see. yeah, it's the same kind of technology. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're watching the screen and the thing that you're sitting in, ma- yeah. ma- you know, matches the screen. And so yeah. you're and the pen, you're in the Batmobile and the penguin takes control of the Batmobile. Yeah. And like the yes, the, much like the, the gang comes and bashes on the thing and you get. Like it shakes you around and stuff. Anyway, it was wild. Yeah. That was a great time. Just shout outs to all the kids in the nineties that went to um Batman, the Batman yeah. ride at Movie World. Yeah. But that's Hollywood the thing. On the Gold Coast. That's right. But I'm pretty sure that it was um Sponsor us. Roger Ebert from the mm. Chicago Sun Times that yes. said this is the first blockbuster it's... art film. Yeah. That I... and that's that's the nature of this. It's it's yeah. it's not committee. It's yeah, hey. For better or worse, this yeah. cunt's going to make this fucking film exactly yeah. like this. Yeah. Batman is like that because that's the thing I've been watching all week is I've been going through like looking at the history of the first Batman movie as it is like the first. We've talked about the film itself and how Tim Burton's a weirdo, but on the technical side of things, this is the first sort of created blockbuster. This is the first time Warner Brothers has been like, or any studio, if we look at all the big blockbusters before that, stuff like Star Wars, stuff like Jaws, Half-Life, Indiana Jones, they're all these movies that were just made to be cool um, sort of movies, and if the people loved them, they would love them, right? Arguably, you can say that the sequel to those movies were also designed to be blockbusters, but for all intents and purposes, Warner Brothers from the get-go were like, we're going to get this artistic guy who made Beetlejuice, who made this really stylish, dark film for us. We're going to give him Batman. And because it is Batman, because it is such a well-known license, that gives us room to move into merchandise, create an event film. Like, create an event. This would be the first time Batman had been on the big screen in 30 years. 
which is which is wild to think about now, given that we get a Batman film every five years or so. Yeah, that's but like wild. They were like, we are and we and are a making superhero film every five seconds. You know. Like, yeah, we are making this as big as we can make it, and hoping that an audience responds, and it did. Yeah, like there were the news stories about, and I still haven't been able to find which movie it was. But Warner Brothers were like, hey, people, we're putting a trailer for our new Batman movie in front of insert random Warner Brothers movie. People were buying tickets to that movie and yeah. leaving as soon as the trailer was that over. That was like the Star Wars Episode One trailer. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the first instance of that sort of happening, which is wild for me to think about. You might have a better idea of it because, again, you were going to movies before I was the internet was... Yeah. Such a, a free tool, and so I don't, I never did something like that, but I do, I do remember the merchandise hype around at the time because mm. the and this podcast is probably going to just be a, a conversation as you know, this this, this is I'm, just going to be a conversation about the zeitgeist of Batman Returns, not necessarily yeah. Batman Returns, and that's probably I'm working on I'm working on coming that's back cool, to that. but this that's is the big <laughs> stuff that we want to talk about now. But I remember getting a Catwoman mask from McDonald's oh, yeah. in a Happy Meal. Oh yeah, um, and oh, then meow. some years later, and I might even still have it somewhere. I have a glass mug mm. that is um, uh, with a uh, a handle mm. that is um, Jim Carrey's Riddler. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember yeah. those? No, you wouldn't. Have. No, I don't know what it is, but I'm no. just going yeah at like Jim when Carrey's that, Riddler. Jim Carrey's Riddler, like. Like that's the kind of this is the space we're in because because viral marketing was merchandise. Yeah. And yeah. Which is in itself is a phenomenon which I think is so fucking interesting. These days yeah. it's just two second grabs and spots and stuff yeah. on TikTok. Like well now it's yeah. Well now it's it. not just like now it's not like now all the merchandising stuff isn't really a, a forethought. It's like a it's like a thing that happens after. Because it's like because now I and it's also like not something that just it's confined now to like zing. It's yeah, not as like in entirely like I can't think of a I can't think of any like sort of big release that isn't like a normal Marvel movie or a DC movie like that had a big marketing push. All I think about is you know like all the Star Wars merch you can buy but like stuff that came out after the fact like people weren't promoing the Mandalorian for obvious reasons with Mandalorian merch that all came after the fact people don't do like I guess the closest you get to like you remember when Star Wars when the when the sequel trilogies were coming out and they were like building like Lego sets would get released before the films yeah that was like interesting but it's not really something that that still happens and remember even yeah. in even in the Force Awakens there was I mean it happens every now and then but there's yeah that's because they get draft cuts or characters and yeah. ideas that they have yeah. to build certain things around. And so oh, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. sometimes there's sets that come out that are, that they, they were in one shot in the film. And then yeah. by the time the final cuts out, they're yeah. not even in the film. So there's no. like general something. Yeah. Like there's always that difference of like pre-making <laughs> like, the merchandise. Guy? Yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, I, I say I, that cause I come from the era of, of, of film, like film tie in video games. Yeah, totally. Like and that a was lot huge. Of those are... Less these days. That was peak you. Peak you. Oh childhood. yeah, because that that thing hasn't happened since 2011. Because it's like, it's just not profitable anymore at no. all. 
no one cares. They just want a a better yep. video game. They want a better exactly. video game. Like yeah. I, I, this is probably is that like the James Bond game that's going to come out? Like it's not based on a film. It's based yeah, on no, an idea. That's all original. Yeah, that's all original. Yeah. James, I, I even think like even like uh, to tie it back into Batman, like the stuff like the Arkham games. Yeah, they're the, not based. They're not look no. at this new Joel Schumacher game. No, because <laughs> they need their own time. They need to have their own space to yeah. sort of. The closest thing that we had to that recently were when Lego games used to like tie into certain movies. True. But even now, we look at the biggest example of all. It's not happening anymore. We've waited two years to get the Star Wars Skywalker saga game. Four years, if you want to count the lack of a Lego The Last Jedi. Like there was a Lego The Force Awakens, which came out really not long after the film no. came out. And it's great. But even, it was pretty good. I, I played it. You know I what's interesting well is that enough. they actually had to fill. We're going way off. We're going fucking. Yeah. To work on I tried to bring it back podcast. to Batman, but it's. They actually even. They didn't even have enough game. In they didn't even have enough in the um, Force Awakens movie to fill out that game and make it long enough. They actually start with the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, as early levels as a tutorial. Yeah, which is like okay, cool, like fine, but yeah. it just doesn't really make sense. But are you saying they don't even? Anyway, let's get back to Batman. Well, now they're well. Just to quickly end that conversation. They've held off on making the sequel games because now they're just making the Skywalker saga as one big Lego game that yeah, comes out in two months. Right. Okay. Can't wild. wait. That looks awesome. Well, they but, should do that with Batman. Um, yeah. Well, there are so many Lego Batman. There are three Lego Batman games. But that's the time. So yeah. merchandising is yeah. so huge. And like obviously I didn't even see this film at the time, but I was no. so hyper aware that yeah. there was a film and it was Batman and it had Catwoman yeah. and the Penguin. And that the, the was bat, this whole time. The cat and the penguin is the tagline of the film. Yeah, that is. Because it's true. If we... Yeah, and do we the, have anything else shred. to say about the, 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 the landscape that we're talking about or do we want to get straight into it? Because I, go in. I, I, uh, Michael Keaton is Batman. I, I see takes on this all the time that a lot of the fandom think mm. his Bruce Wayne is the best, the best Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that. I just find that an interesting yeah. take. And I don't trust myself to have an opinion on this yet because these movies are so new to me. But from the moment I saw him in this movie first, again, I watched this Batman Returns before I went back to watch Batman 89. He was just like, he was it. He was Batman. He was like, literally as Batman and Bruce Wayne, he did both for me on a way that like, a way that I am so grown up to the stereotype set by the Nolan movies and sort yeah. of played with a little by Ben Affleck that Bruce Wayne is an entire facade and Batman is the real guy and the real Batman is usually like just this depressive, angsty, like I've got this fucking city on my shoulders. Yeah. It's, not, it's literally nothing stopping this city from destroying itself but me. And then here is this guy who feels like one guy. Like I've always thought that yeah. the Bruce Wayne and the Batman portrayed by modern actors, no comment on Robert Pattinson, haven't seen it, is that they are two separate people as opposed to just the two sides of one person. Mm. This really felt like one person. Like Bruce Wayne is a billionaire. 
works for a company that is trying to better the city. The first time we see Bruce Wayne being Bruce Wayne is in this meeting with Christopher Walken, who's like, I kind of know what your, your business deal is shady and I've got the city's best interests at heart. So I'm going to fight you on this. Mm. And the way it translates to his Batman, which is, is Batman. So he's a guy who dresses up like a bat and fights crime, but there's never like this, this unnecessary aggression that is really well utilized by Ben Affleck and, and Christian Bale in those movies. I want to take I, w- I want to take a fair bit of opportunity just a little bit to to put myself in the pro Ben Affleck camp. Those movies are bad, but he is quite good in them. Quite. I haven't seen them, so I can't actually comment. Uh, th- th- movies are, are stinkers, but yeah. he is he is a good Bruce Wayne and Batman. Uh. This is a guy that, like, yeah, feels like the only reason he dresses up like a bat to fight crime is not to, like, take out his anger and his vengeance on the, you know, the criminal underworld that killed his parents. It's to do the right thing for the city that needs to be done that not everyone else can do. Like, he spends his days fighting the civil side as Bruce Wayne. He spends his nights putting boots to the ground and making sure the city is safe as Batman. And that was like, that put me back on my ass and went, whoa, I like that. Yeah, it never felt like he was two characters for me. And I I feel like he is much more, Bruce Wayne is such a bigger part of this story in a way because of it. Like, sure, yeah. Bruce Wayne, the character, has heaps of screen time in, you know, yeah. Nolan-verse. Yeah. Um, and I haven't seen Forever and Robin for a while yeah. or if ever, I don't know. But in these ones, he's like, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of screen time. Like, obviously there's plenty because it's a movie about him, but there's a lot of screen time dedicated to the villains, which for each separate movie, specifically in Returns. uh, Yeah. He feels like a, a real secondary character in his films in some ways. Like it's, he's not driving the plot here. He's reacting. And yeah, I, I do find that quite interesting. Like I am a bit of a sucker for, um, the amount of times in Batman films that there's det- like, he's the world's greatest detective. Like, yeah. and I want to see him doing some detective work. And yeah. there's a little bit of that in here. Like it implies that he's been digging around, yeah. uh, you know, um, Shrek. <laughs> yeah. I know. I can't believe <laughs> I just can't keep that. thinking that without I know. thinking of something else. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. He's trying to figure out like, you know, like where Cobblepot's come from. Because Cobble, it, Penguin's doing his own detective work at the start because he's trying to find his parents. Like, oh, all right, yeah. well, let's talk about Danny DeVito. Brings an appropriate amount of big weirdo energy mm. to the role. But I was really shocked at, like, the role because I genuinely knew next to nothing about Penguin except for uh, one, he's in a movie played by Danny DeVito. And like he's, I guess he was in one of the Arkham games with a monocle. Like I didn't know, I I didn't even know what he did. Like I didn't know that he was like a crime boss. He's a crime boss. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had no idea. So I really was like trying to figure out like what what's the goal here in a good way, not in like an unclear character goal kind of way, but throughout this movie when he's like you know he starts raised by penguins, he's got a bit of a vicious streak against the world. Um, he sets off that attack on Christmas 
in the opening, the opening action yeah. sequence. But oh, that's great. He that's does want to. Yeah, the first thing he wants to do is he wants to find his parents because he wants to know, like, hey, why'd you guys literally... In the opening sequence of the movie, his parents are like, oh, God, we've given birth to a monster. Let's t- let's toss him in the river. <laughs> and he And so he's like, yeah, I would want... If my parents did that to me, like, I'd probably have a few questions too. Like, is it just because my, my fingers are... S- weirdly deformed to be penguin claws was that it was it because i <laughs> is it because i it's implied i consumed the family cat at christmas <laughs> it's so it, it, it like i said Stylish. this is this is this is tim burton making a film yeah happens yeah. to be about Batman. Like it's it's not yeah. like it's so well, yeah. like all those little things, all those little idiosyncrasies that yeah. you just have to go, I can't fight, I can't fight this. This no. is not in a real this is not in a real place. Yeah. Because um, that's the because that's the thing. I we haven't I don't think we've talked about Tim Burton. We haven't covered a Tim Burton movie on no, the show until no. now. This but is the first, yes. I I I'd call myself a Tim Burton fan. Like of the Tim Burton movies I've seen, I like I haven't seen a lot of like the weird ones. Like I grew up and again, not to take us on a huge tangent. Um, I grew up watching the Charlie and the chocolate factory film that he did from 2005. Yeah. Which is for all intents and purposes, my, my Charlie and the chocolate factory. Like I know yeah. people really don't like it compared to the musical, but I rock with it. I think it's a good adaption of the book. Maybe lose all that weird shit about his dad and Christopher Lee. It yeah, but then really, it's not a Tim Burton film. Yeah, it didn't really work. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the Tim Burton part. That that's I'm the like, Tim Burton part. But yeah, yeah Tim Burton makes these like movies where human emotions are stylized in such weird, exorbitant ways. Yeah, but they're still human emotions. Like, so for me, I feel, and this might sound odd, but I feel like the one of the most grounded emotionally. Mm. Tim Burton films for me is the nightmare before Christmas because mm. it's so it does that thing that, <clears throat> that you do when you, I mean, I mean, they're, they're human and, and ghoulish yeah. adja- and human adjacent characters for mm. the most part, but, but because they're um, animated, yeah, it's taking, it's taking the, it's, it's putting your empathy back in another way. Uh, it's like when you've got, um, it's like when you have anything that's anthropomorphized. And so what yeah. you've got is you're, you're in a way you're able to, the access to how you identify with that emotion is, 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 yeah. is so much easier, I find. Mm. And so that film hits me in a way, in so many, yeah. in so many ways. And then when you're, when you're trying to apply that aesthetic to something else, sometimes it, it doesn't hit. And so you have to take. Yeah. But yeah, that's what he, he that's what he does. Yeah. He takes that ex- he, he's like what's what's an extreme yeah. uh what's an extreme version of this? And what I want to I think I think the way from when I what the wildest part the wildest hmm. example of that for me in this is suddenly Catwoman's origin story. Yeah. Where there's nothing about her being a, you know, it's the um uh, the thief who yep. does all this thing. It's just suddenly she's traumatized and she has this reaction. And so that's yep. this, okay, yep. cool. That's a take. That she is be- an adaptation and a take. Yeah. And she becomes that through the course of the film. Like it's not, it's, it's that thing that like 
some comic book nerds would cry about being like, oh, you changed the origin story. And it's like, yeah, but I still did an origin story. Like, it's yeah. better than not. So I did a 10 different comic book yeah, writers. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like... <laughs> Very and again, I'm not really trying not to tank this with a whole bunch of side tangents, but I saw the Uncharted movie this week. Oh, why did you waste time? I just I had to know. To, you had to know. I, I had just to listened know. to the boys. I listened to uh, I listened to Alexi on it. Oh dear! And okay. I was like, cool. This I, is, I had yeah. I had to know. As a big fan of the source material, I had to know. And it was one of those cases where they changed the origin story, but they don't really retell it. No. Or they don't like tell it in a different way that works. They just Another, slam characters together. From all from all reports I've I've heard as well, it's it's a great example of a movie made yeah. by a committee. Yeah. Um, uh, but speaking of, the, yeah, Tim Burton very much good at changing things. The origin story of Catwoman. Yeah, because like you said, I I don't know how. But Catwoman it just works. You just happen. roll with yeah. it. Like it's just like okay, cool. We're, we'll just run with this idea. Yeah. And yeah. to back, using that to tie back into the conversation about Batman and the villains, and again, ties back into modern comic book nerd sensibility where they cry about having to sit through, oh, Bruce Wayne's parents dying again. Oh, watching Uncle Ben die. It's like- Yeah, we had to do none of that in this. But it's also like, uh, is that a problem? Like- well, I think, yeah, because when, because then it doesn't allow, like, think about how much that takes up. Now, no one's allowed to do that if you're making a trilogy and mm. it's a completely new universe. Yeah. I think you have to if it's a new universe. A little, well, you have to a little bit, but he's also allowed, it's also only part of the first act. Yeah. And, and so, this doesn't count because it's, this doesn't count because this is a critique I have of new Spider-Man, not Batman. Because the Batman, the, we see it a little bit in the first movie, pardon me, that is in the third act completely. Like it's it's not important. It, they do it in a way that is very much ties into the story at a very specific point that works. And it's not at all in this thing. And I think one of the reasons why people think, oh, Bruce Wayne Batman is a secondary character in his movies is because they go through, they have to dedicate time to the villain origin story which obviously we get two of here mm. and they get their own whole two arcs. So I don't know if I agree with Batman being a secondary character per se, because that feels like a derogatory, like that's a fault well, of sorts it when feels- it really is just, we know Batman. We yeah, don't we don't know these to, villains he's about to fight. We don't have to do all this stuff with Batman. Yeah. yeah I, fi- I, I, like, I feel like, it's so much more, there's so much more one character, especially because when it all ties in together at the end, it's, you've got that whole relationship between Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle. Yeah. That then, that then connects at the end with yeah. Catwoman and Batman. Yeah. And so you've got, you've got that whole thing, which like, this is not, we don't have to see it. Yeah. It's so much more a film about Bruce Wayne and yeah. Batman's just part of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Like I, I think, I think that, when you've got, when you, when you have an existing, like, did they, in, in Batman 89, is there parent yeah. stuff in that? There is just a little bit that's all the way at the third act and it's used, spoilers for those who haven't seen Batman 89, <laughs> it's used not to reveal the Bruce Wayne backstory because it's tied into the big retcon that 
Joe Chill didn't shoot Batman's parents. Jack Napier, a.k.a. the Joker, did. Mm. So, you know, they use it to be, like, not the reveal that Batman's parents died and not as, like, a setup. Right. It's like, oh, that's why Batman knows, like, that's why he's so obsessed with this guy, the Joker, killed his parents. Okay, cool. But what I'm trying to say is when you have to re like we know this about the character and that's what i that's what i think the strength is when you can say let's just tell a story about this existing theme that we mm. already understand we don't have to de- dedicate that time and so you yeah. can just have more time in the film yeah. that exists in the world and develop that world further cool. instead of having to start at square one all the time yeah i i agree again i shouldn't have brought that up because that's a critique i have with spider-man not with batman and I think that, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Cause again, I feel like you have to do it when you set up a new version of the person, but I think it's just cause they I think the Batman one sticks with people. Cause it's, just, it's literally just been the same every time Yeah, they go to I a guess, show, but they, they come out of the with, alley. They didn't do it with MCU Spider-Man or okay. Spoilers for MCU Spider-Man. No, they didn't do it with MCU Spider-Man. That's my they, problem. They I didn't. wish they did. No, I, well, they did it in reverse. I know. And I don't like that. Cause it's like, it sort of it didn't grant i need those themes to be like grounded and forefront earlier on so it can then inform the decisions of the whole movie those movies feel really aimless to me because it's just like a spider-man gallivanting around doing stuff and not really learning anything until it's Mm. until the third movie and it's like okay well well, now it took you to realize the third movie you mean the sixth movie No, a third because I don't. Because there's also he's in Civil War and um, yeah, but those aren't Spider-Man movies. Those are, you know, those are just other movies where he's an auxiliary character. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, But Batman, Batman, (laughs) but Christmas. This is the point I'm getting to. Right, this is my little side point. The relationship between Batman and Selina Kyle. I don't know. I don't remember how much we talked about the version of this as portrayed by Christian Bale and Anne Hathaway in our Dark Knight Rises episode. But now having seen this kind of makes me not buy their relationship in retrospect. I think this one is so much better as a romance, just a character relationship than the one in The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I know. Because it's like they they really are just like, obviously there's a, they're both very attractive actors and actresses and there's a, and I think, and I read somewhere that they, that Michael Keaton and, um, Michelle Pfeiffer dated in real life. The other thing Let's was, that up. I, don't know. I found this out. Did you, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer wasn't initially going to play Catwoman. Oh, who was? They had cast Annette Benning, And oh then a week before filming started, Annette Benning got pregnant. <gasps> and so they were you like, what, uh, though, Annette Benning would have been, look, I mean, everyone knows, everyone thinks now that like yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer, one of the greatest, like, yeah. As Catwoman, one of the greatest cast yeah. castings. But I actually like would love to see that alternate timeline. But would you like Annette to see Benning. the other alternative timeline? Because Michelle Pfeiffer was also not choice two. Oh, really? They replaced Annette Benning with Sean Young. Oh, really? Yes. And what? the only reason she couldn't do it <laughs> was because two or three days before filming while doing some, some uh, well, horseback riding, which I, I, I think at some point somebody said that was film training related, but 
no horses in the film. So I, maybe it was recreational. She fell off and injured herself. Wild. So in comes, in comes Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh my gosh. That's wild. I know. It's, it's, it's kind of nuts. Cause again, both of those actresses would have had entirely different, but entirely stunning portrayals of that, that character. Like yeah. in written material, that character's got a lot to play with. Yeah. Right. I'm just and looking at the time. I'm just trying to figure out. Mm. Um, oh my God. I was just thinking, when is this in relation to Blade Runner? And Blade Runner is 1982. I cannot. Yeah, it would I have been a whole decade so later. So I'm so every time I see that date, I'm just constantly flabbergasted at yeah. how I, a long ago that film was made. 82. Yeah. Fuck me. Wild. Anyway, that's 40 years old this year. Oh my god, it oh, is. Jesus Christ. Uh. Anyway, that's uh, that's wild. I would have liked to see that too. That's cool. But there's something. Yeah. So extra about like she goes somewhere else. She is a great Tim Burton. I I know for this. And she she the thing I love the most, and the reason, and the reason the there was a point in the film where it really like it struck me was the setup is very deliberate in making her forgive the pun mouse like. Yeah, she's getting pushed around by a by her bosses she's you know literally getting by- pushed around by the boss yeah she's getting she's getting tortured by her mother over the phone based over gender ideals and all that jazz and then as she turns into Catwoman, she just develops this this spirit this vivaciousness that is this playfulness that really just starts to sizzle to the point where the scene where and I forget what leads up to this. I think more of the clowns just attack the city. Batman's defending them off. But the scene where Batman encounters Penguin while sort of Catwoman's like running around the toy store just sort of getting, testing her skills out against the cops. Mm. And they all meet in the street. And she just goes, meow. And then the the, the toy shop behind her explodes with the the <laughs> explosion she rigged up. And it's just like, Holy, fuck. holy fuck! That's a villain. That's a that's a, that's a character that is so immediately like in control of the scene, to the point where it mesmerizes us, the audience, and Batman and Penguin in the scene. Because at that point, it starts the Penguin. I want a romance Catwoman arc. Which, by the way, side note, I always thought that Danny DeVito being a weird sex pest was just a it's always sunny in Philadelphia thing. <laughs> Penguin's got some weird energy. Penguin is, Penguin is wild. And I, I know that this is a film that is based in a Burton verse, but I'm constantly like the whole idea. And it mm. is a very nineties thing, but the whole yeah. idea of like the, the, the stereotypical, the archetypical, uh, conventionally attractive blonde Hmm. woman or women in like an entourage, you know how he's got the scenes when he's running for mayor. It's like, you just hang on. Why? Why? No, no, no one wants, no one wants this guy. I know. I love the fact that it's like the most written by a bloke fucking script 
trope. <laughs> it's like no one thing. wants to be. He does not have a sex entourage. The penguin, no, just go why, away. Yeah, why this would, is the most? I know that we all these things. All in the those film. people were on Shrek's <laughs> payroll. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Like, anyway. Even when they're uncomfortable with him, like that scene where he meets the two campaign coordinators and he bites one of their noses. <laughs> and everyone's like, ooh, but just stays around it and doesn't do yeah, anything. Yeah, like he's being so weird, but then they're all like awkwardly giggling, but they're still like so weirdly on side with the whole thing. It's like, yeah, it's what is really unsettling. paying you to be okay with this? Yeah, that really unsettled me because, because there's some, I, f- I find that it's interesting that the things, some things... It's it yeah. It's a whole conversation about what you suspend in your disbelief mm. and what you do that for. And you know, when people are talking about things like, uh, I mean, here's a a, a shitty example. But like, how dare they have a black stormtrooper? It's like, oh, this is a fucking space yeah laser sword, bro, space space wizard, space wars, bro, mate. Don't like, shut the, with the force. What like, you, shut like, the fuck up. You know, how dare they have this? Can be green. Like, what are we doing? Like, yeah, what that's, we, that's right. They made a star. Yeah, you gotta be. Death. Yeah, you you pose that question. <laughs> would you, you prefer a black stormtrooper or a blue one? What do you want, man? Like what? Just, like, are cool. you gonna say blue? Like what? What? Yeah. Like, how are you gonna justify that? Are you gonna have Grand Admiral Thrawn just like kicking kicking around? Like, okay, yeah. no, you can't have him because fucking. Uh, uh, what's the name of that motherfucker from the Clone Wars who showed up in both Cad Bane? Cad Bane. Cad Bane. That's great. Wait, hey. Um. Batman Returns is a Christmas movie purely because that uh, we don't have to, no 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 we I don't have to about, argue it because I don't want to I don't want this to turn into a is Die Hard a Christmas movie it's like it is it, it is and also there's, there's also, never an argument you read the it great, is no no did you read the, the this is great takes on that like the uh, it was a Twitter thread or a little short article or something about that whole idea, right? Yeah. And it's the whole thing of the only people that there's two sides to that argument. There's mm. the people that are like, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Oh my God, edgy. And the yeah. other side is, yeah, we, we know we're not arguing with you. Like, yeah, no one's fighting you on this. So that's the, I don't want to get into that with this. I don't want to make this out of no. This. Like, but this is a I, Christmas movie. It is. There's no convers- We don't have. It's not know, an like argument. The only. Like, the only no. I know, I'm not saying we yeah. argue. I'm just saying the only criteria that makes a Christmas movie is is your movie yeah, about family and overcoming personal problems around the holiday season. Yeah. Well, then it takes. Yeah. Yep. Checks it out, and 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 it's that beautiful. That's why I kept bringing up like Selena Kyle. Like their relationship is the Christmas movie, like the family part of it, because they are so. Because it, it's almost like a Christmas rom-com. Like, think about what the structural Christmas rom-com is. These two characters who are v- chalk and cheese, very different poles of life that share some kind of similar connection. And through the process of of Christmas or whatever emotional events around the season, sort of melt the barriers down and come together. That's those two in the movie. Mm. And it very much that scene in the climax where he, he sort of has his love profession, quote-unquote, to to selena in in penguin's den right before she's about to kill shrek (laughs) (laughs) fucking hell um he says i think like selena we're the same we're two people split right down the middle and he's like he's like he's like doing bruce in that moment in the bat suit he's like Mm. he's like pleading with her like come on well that's that's what i love about the whole thing about bruce and batman because there's no 
it, I, I don't remember another time mm. in the movies. Mm. I know it's happened once or twice in comics. And I just yeah. don't remember another time in the movies where it's Bruce Wayne with the mask off in the, the rest of the bat suit. Yeah. Breaking that character. Yeah. Identity into with someone else. Like I, and that's where we've, we, cause we join them together. So that's what I love about that. But yeah, yeah you're right. Like, I just don't think. Well, just when he thinks he's dead, when he thinks she's dead and he and he and his real family, Alfred are driving around. That's right. And he's like, he's, he's like really sad about it. Cause Merry he's Christmas. like, I, I, Merry Christmas, Master Bruce. You know? Yeah. And <laughs> what's the, what's the, what's the law that line? It's like, um, something that some tool, it's like some classic Christmas line where he's like, yeah, good will to all men. Something among men. Yeah. Um, but he's just like, you can tell he's really cut up about, he was open and willing to like, he really was willing to, cause I think it's the first time Batman's ever seen like somebody who can handle, like they mentioned in this movie in passing Vicky Vale, AKA um, Nicole, no, what? Kim Bassinger's, I was about to say Nicole Bassinger, confusing yeah. <laughs> Nicole Kidman, who I saw today in Batman Forever, and Kim Bassinger from 89 and Never Say Never Again. Uh, just to really make sure that we get our Bond hooks in everywhere. Um, there was a mention that the reason that they had broken up off screen, which production-wise was just because Tim Burton didn't want to make a direct sequel, just wanted to make another Batman movie. But the 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 line of it is like, you know, she she didn't like the fact that half of him existed. Like, you can't really marry Batman because Batman's dangerous. And I feel like he really recognized more than any sort of canonic film love interest I've ever seen Batman have. Like, this was a this was a person who could handle both parts of Bruce Wayne, Bruce and Batman. And he really sort of laments his lost chance at that. Which and is a insert key, the, which is a great key element of Batman. Yeah. yeah. Comics. And then cut to the studio mandated ending where they were like, no, nah, make Catwoman survive. Yeah. It's all on screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is funny because in that scene in Riding Around the Limo, he like sees the shadow and like you would think that that's enough for an audience to be like, oh, she's alive. Great. Studio was like, nah, get, get a, get, either get Michelle or get a stunt double in the suit and we'll fucking raise her head up from the back looking at the bat symbol. We've talked about this film quite a lot, amazingly, mm. without mentioning what I think is the best character in this film and is mm. often the best character in mm. a Tim Burton film. And mm. that is the wonderful score by Danny Elfman. Yeah. With that theme that uh, whoever did the I, – I didn't see it, but um, apparently it's – uh, it's um, referenced in the Justice League score yeah, no, when he arrives on the rooftop. It's Danny Elfman did that score. Did he do that score? He did because he's oh. Joss Whedon's new go-to guy. Oh, cool! I didn't. And so I, it was I, just I think like, I knew that at the time, and yeah. I've since forgotten. Yeah, yeah. It's just like do the note, but it's, yeah. <laughs> say the line, but yeah. That's um, right. I really think that it's it's it is an iconic theme, and I I think I've been taking it for granted all these years because. When I put Batman Forever on today and it was gone and instead they just replace it with sort of similar sounding, like almost bootleg Danny Elfman, but they can't do the same score. They can't do the same note progression. It's just riffing in the style of, 
Right. And I went, fuck, I missed that theme. Yeah, it's a great theme. Shout out to Joe Twists, my friend. I I I I wouldn't say friend of the show because he has no idea that the show exists and he's not been on the show. But friend of mine, Joe Twists, composer, uh, has done some work for um some stuff mm. overseas in LA. Also helped out on some stuff with Bluey here in Australia. Mm. Constant conversation between him, him and myself about. In general, superhero films being dark and too moody and and things, yep. but in as part of that, it's a uh, is the scores and particular Hans Zimmer esque or Hans Zimmer yeah. scores uh, and the Dark Knight theme, and it's like mm. I don't know, but but if you compare, you have to this he's just doing Hans Zimmer version of that, like yeah. he's developing that into this idea, and it's very effective for those films. Yeah. So I find I, that. Musically, like yeah. if you go and analyze those, there's actually like so much that they're sitting in that same musical yeah. space. Um, pretty sure that even like it, people would say that the Dark Knight theme is really yeah. just that with the all I hear, all I ever hear are those two notes when I think about the Batman thing, and that's the opening. But when the development comes in with the cello, it's um, he does actually reference it, it it's uh, in the line where it's like. You're right. It is. So you're right. It is just those two notes that, are just snuck in there. Yeah. So he's oh, actually fuck. when it fully develops in the line that the cellos have, that's that's actually like basically the Danny. Yeah. And then they and then they pitch the it in the later theme. bit. Yeah. yeah. And then it oh because then it goes and he's modulating yeah, 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 yeah. up. So fuck. he's actually developing Danny. Sniped it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Sid, I might have it's to go back and listen to that. It's just that when you initially hear, when all you have is the music, yeah. and the opening, everyone just focuses on the, yeah, yeah, and like, uh, and, and, and just if you, to, and actually, you can argue that that is a minimalist yeah. reduction of the Danny yeah. Elfman theme. Anyway, yeah, this well, has two, been well, music no, theory no, corner, yeah. <laughs> which is funny because two things to bring it back to Batman eighty nine. I didn't know about any of the Prince music. Oh, no, oh, I did know about what? it. I did know about it, but only because my mum had that CD and I, I never heard any of it. But when I was watching the movie the other day, I've started listening to that music just in my own it's private. Great. That it's dance great. goes hard. Party man? Shoot.